Welcome to Mountain Mama Misadventures, stories of mishap and adventure from women adventurers. Every woman has a story she can share, from the zany to the inspirational. Brought to you by Mountain Mamas, a non-profit women's adventure organization. Women empowering women to adventure. My name is Emily Hackett, and I'm running solo this week. And we have an incredible guest today, Charlene. She's one of my dear friends. We met through Mountain Mamas. Um, actually, we met up in the mountains, rock climbing with her. Well, with her kids, and I had my kids. We were exploring a kid trail. So, um, and yeah, she's been a part of this crazy adventure ever since. <laughs> um, and she's originally from Washington, born there, and is living in Orem, Utah, right now. Has a um, awesome husband and two great kids. A little boy named Lewis, who's five, and Sage, who's three. And she's currently a recreational therapist, works as a preschool teacher, and works with Pivot Adventure. Uh, she runs outdoor adventure groups with adolescents and adults. And she says her goal is to create experiences that promote vital life skills like resilience, emotional skills, and social skills, which is a pretty awesome job. It's an awesome job. Yeah. <laughs> How many of us get to have jobs that are fulfilling? And Anyway, we'll talk more about that. <laughs> And then a fun thing about her is she loves cooking and gardening, and she's awesome at it. I love getting tips and things. And <laughs> <laughs> I know. I couldn't think of any more fun facts about me. I like to cook and eat food. Um, and she rock climbs and does so many other cool things. But anyway, yep. So um, what I wanted to ask you, kind of, this is an empowering week. This is Every uh, month or so, we focus on a woman who's in our community who's empowering women. And so we have Charlene today, who she's going to talk with us a little bit about the the power um, and the emotion of awe. And um, first wanted to talk to you about what are some of the things that you're involved in that does empower women? Okay, well, um, <laughs> I, I am a recreational therapist, and um, I, I want to eventually be able to run my own... Um, kind of outpatient treatment programs with just recreational therapy. Um, and one way that I like to do that is to kind of subtly use my rec therapy with Mountain Mamas whenever we go out on our trips. I like to use the things that I've learned with recreational therapy and do some subtle processing with the ladies. And it's really <laughs> fun. It's really fun to just kind of use my degree and not actually do rec therapy, but I get to kind of use my skills in that way. That's awesome. So. I had no idea you were therapizing all of <laughs> I know. <laughs> all it doesn't, I'm not really. <laughs> no, but it's really good because I feel like when you're out in the mountains, you, you're feeling feelings and you're just feeling cleansing or just like relaxation or just connections with things that are around you. And that's so, you do feel more peace. You feel a change. Like something happens while you're out there. And it's neat for you to be able to kind of take that in context and process that with gals. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what like I love about recreational therapy is it's um, there's a ton of evidence behind experiential therapy. And that's what we do with Pivot is we take uh, we take adults and adolescents out and, you know, there's usually some type of thing that they're struggling with in their normal life. And when you're able to take them into the outdoors and they're able to experience these things that are so vast and like so much greater than them, they are able to open up about these other things in their life that they couldn't have opened up about before. And these neurons are firing in their brain, like at a way faster pace than if they just did talk therapy. In uh -huh. fact, there's a bunch of research showing how 
experiential therapy um, connects these synapses in our brain and our brains like five times faster than if we had just done sit down talk therapy. So that's why I like experiential therapy and recreational therapy because it's in the experience that we learn about ourselves. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like so many people are kinesthetic learners and you just, mm -hmm. you have like you're saying you have more, yeah, more neuro neurological connections when you're physically doing something and feeling something. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So how did you get started in all of this? Um, so I, I like to, it actually all started when I was, um, I was serving, I served a mission in Connecticut and Rhode Island. A church mission for the Church uh, yeah, of Jesus sorry, Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me explain that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I served there for a year and a half. And during that time, I was able to work with and serve a lot of people. And one of the people that I met, um, she was like, you know what? You need to check out recreational therapy. Like, this is your jam. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, I'm going to check it out. And so I've Ever since the beginning of me looking into this profession, I've always felt like the profession called me. I didn't choose the profession. It definitely chose me. And um, it's kind of just been a part of me ever since I've grown up. Like it's always been um, something I loved is watching people learn and grow from their experiences. And like that's what rec therapy is, is helping people learn and grow. So That's awesome. That is so awesome. How long do you hope to do this? Uh, rec therapy. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. It'll always be a part of my life in one way or another. <laughs> well, it's neat when it's so just kind of just so intuitive as part of who you are. Like, I feel like that's something you will just always be doing like mm -hmm. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so nice to have the background because I can tell I use the, um, the body of knowledge that you have to get to obtain the technical license. Like I use that with my kids all the time, like on a daily basis, I'm using those skills that help foster resiliency with my kids. And I don't do it perfectly. Like <laughs> I notice the things that I try to teach my kids. I usually have a hard time doing myself, but, um, <laughs> for example, yeah. I want you to, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but okay. what are something that you're working on with your kids right now? Or some, hmm. some of the things and I'm just saying that cause no. I know there's moms out there who are like, Oh yeah, <laughs> give me some tips. It's definitely like, let's see with, um, my son Lewis right now we're working on, you know, when we, whenever we meet that resistance, there's always going to be resistance. Anything that's worth doing comes with, um, this awesome benefit of like, Oh, this is super fun. But then it's also, we always meet this resistance too. And I'm trying to help him learn that when we push past the resistance, that's where we find the like big rewards. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that like it's easier said than done too, because I notice that when I meet resistance, I start kind of running the other way and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh yeah, if I want to, if I want Lewis to learn about this, I need to be modeling it myself. So I need to be showing him that I'm not afraid of doing things that are hard as well. Like it's hard for me to want to just pick up a book and read sometimes but if I want him to push through that resistance of like, it's hard for him to pick up books and read too, then he needs to see me doing it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's just one example. Yeah, I guess. that is really, yeah. I feel like I'm having that with my little girl who we're teaching to ski and mm -hmm. there's usually tears every morning when we decide we're going to ski that day. Yeah. And then we talk about that at the end of the day, like 
this is a really positive experience and she feels proud and all this sort of stuff. And like you're mm-hmm. saying, yeah, that it's important to push through that. That's really neat. I appreciate yeah. that being, I need to, yeah, it'd be good to verbalize that and that process. Yeah, so. it's definitely like we, we do have this analogy with pivot and I, I think I need to remember it myself too is, um, we tell, we, we tell stories a lot with pivot stories and the outdoors kind of go hand in hand. And it's, it's really helpful to have these ana- analogies, um, anyway, one of them is we, we talk to them and we're like, okay, when marathons run marathons, do they do it perfectly? And I'll just ask you the same thing. Like where do marathoners get tired? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So what keeps them going? Their goal, I would think like even mm-hmm. my dad ran his first marathon and his feet were bloody and in so much pain and he threw up at the end, but yeah, it's like that goal and you keep going at it and yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's definitely part of it. Like, and the other part I think is that they expect that it's going to be hard too, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Like, so they have this goal that they can look forward to. I think because they have the expectation, like, this is going to be hard. I'm going to make a goal that'll help me get through it. So it's mm. knowing where you're going to put the tired and you know that there's going to be joy, you know, that there's going to also be pain. So where are you going to let that happen? It's all, it's like making room for all of the emotions that you're going to experience during this. Oh. I don't know what got us on that subject, but that's awesome. <laughs> no, I feel like we, we have many, we could have many episodes. <laughs> so tell me about the emotion of awe. What does okay. that mean? Okay. So I have my notes here so that I can look at it because, um, this is still something I'm working with. Um, but basically awe is a complicated emotion and yet it's not very complicated. It's, it's really cool, but it's, there's two main parts that awe consists of. And one is it's a perceived vastness. So it's something that we think to be greater than ourselves in number, scope, or complexity. So, um, if you can think about the last time you felt that emotion of awe, what, what do you think you were doing when you felt that emotion? It's usually when I'm outside, when you just see, like, usually I think the most frequently is when it's a sunrise or a sunset mm-hmm. on Timpanogos that we have here. And you're just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you're just, yeah. It is awesome. Right. That that word just comes out when you have. <laughs> yeah. I know. I use the word awesome all the time. And there's a total reason for that. Um, but that, yeah. So exactly. We see, we become a part of something. We see ourselves as a part of something that's way bigger than us. And so that's the first con- part of awe is we, there's something that's way bigger than us. I think that's why we feel that emotion when we look into the stars or we see, um, there's lots of things, not even nature, but nature's a big, um, trigger of awe. And the other thing is it challenges or alters our understanding of the world. Um, so it just allows us to kind of get outside of our brains for a little bit. Um, yeah. And, uh, I was, I was just talking about some of the things that trigger awe. So like profound beauty, like time, spending time in nature. Um, one of the things that is kind of a benefit of awe, I guess I could jump to this one over here, but it helps us to, it leads us to be more creative. Um, we're more open and more willing to learn. It builds generosity and humility and critical thinking. There were studies done that if you were to get little doses of awe, that 
your scientific reasoning actually expands from that and mm-hmm. your sense of altruism um, and your pro-social behavior, it, it all becomes greater the more you experience that emotion. Mm. Um, and there's benefits to your physical health as well. Like you have a decrease in stress level. Like there was a, a study done um, with some veterans and youth where they would take them on a rafting trip and they did a survey with them. And the youth and veterans that had experienced greater measures of awe, they um, measured their stress a week later and their stress had definitely like gone down. So, oh. yeah, so it leads to a lot of really good things. <laughs> so how is something, what are some ways that we can bring awe more into our lives or things that you recommend for people? Yeah, so awe is going to be different for everybody. Um, things that trigger awe for one person, it's going to be different for another person. Um, but like the list here or like a general list is usually anything that it has really great art or music. Um, there's usually great works of architecture that people can look at. Um, if you were to just listen to a podcast about different scientific discoveries, uh-huh. um, yeah, yeah, remarkable human accomplishments. <laughs> um, and yeah, definitely my favorite one is spending time in nature. I think... Um, there's been the most study of that, of how nature elicits the emotion of awe, at least from what I've done, than of, of the other <laughs> triggers mm-hmm. of awe. And I think I, maybe because we are so connected to the earth, like it doesn't take very much for us to go step outside and even just take our feet or take our shoes off and like ha- be barefoot in the sand to kind of feel a connection to the earth and just that little bit of connection will create that spark of awe. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. And that's something you can just do in your backyard, your front yard Mm -hmm. and just take, yeah. Like simply meditating in your backyard. Yeah. I feel like just watching a toddler, like it seems like Mm -hmm. they just already know how to do awe. Like they just, their lives are full of wonder Mm -hmm. and just amazement. And like you're saying, like, I just think of it in the natural context and just being out in the outside world. But like you're saying, music um, and anything inspirational, those type of things can really bring that same emotion. Mm -hmm. And you can find that same sense of wonder in so many places, like you're saying. Yeah. 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 And I love what you just mentioned about like toddlers. Like I would be really interested to see um, how often this emotion comes up for age groups Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it would come up more for children than it would for adults. I, at one point, and I think this appeals to like all of our emotions. Um, I mean, toddlers are able to feel all of the emotions in maybe too much for me to handle <laughs> levels, but they're able to feel those emotions and actually be in those emotions. And then somewhere along the way, we get like to this point where we have to numb our emotions or we feel like we can't express them. And that's what's led to like, so many, so many of our problems now is like, mm-hmm. we don't have access to express those emotions or ways to feel, to describe what those emotions are. Um, yeah, it's, it would be interesting to see like how many times kids feel awe versus how many times we allow ourselves to feel. I mean, 
we're going to feel things no matter what. But how how often we put ourselves in situations where we actually let ourselves feel those things. So, yeah. so much we often try to shut out feelings. And I think when we do that, we might shut out the good, the positive feelings as well as the negative feelings. Yeah. It's like a balance of controlling your emotion and kind of just shutting it away, mm-hmm. you know, and whereas, yeah, like it's more about embracing that emotion and bringing it inside of you mm-hmm. and taking it for what it is and then moving forward with that. Yeah. yeah. I think that's actually one of the cool benefits of letting yourself feel awe. And I, I mean, the more I learn, the more I realize it's all just totally connected. Um, I don't know how, do you know who Brene Brown is with oh. vulnerability? No. Yeah. Um, she's an amazing like advocate of or researcher of, of shame and vulnerability. And, um, I believe that if this is, this is like science of Charlene right now, but I believe <laughs> that if we were to be more vulnerable, um, then we would be able to feel more of a sense of awe at mm-hmm. things, but it's also the other way around too. Like the more research has shown, the more that we feel awe, it helps us to want to open up and be vulnerable um. and it helps us to want to reach out to people. Um, you can see why like, that would be really important in treatment centers mm-hmm. because we're trying to get people in these treatment centers to open up to a different way of thinking, maybe like recognize some of their thinking errors or maybe think of um, ways that they might be able to change certain habits. And if they can feel this emotion of awe, then they can look at their lives in a different way than they've been looking at it before. They yeah. can be a little bit more vulnerable and be willing to try different things. So what are some ways that you incorporate awe into your, like, like that you practice that in your own life? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think awe and, okay, so, um, there's, like I said, it was, there's a lot of different ways to feel awe. I, I am able to feel it when I'm out in the outdoors I think I'm also able to feel it in a spiritual sense too. Mm-hmm. I always try to gain that awareness spiritually. Um, I think awe and flow also have a big connection. So I don't know. Do you know what flow is? The theory of flow? Yeah. Tell us. <laughs> so um, basically the theory of flow is if you were to look at it along the lines of like an, an X axis, an okay. X, Y axis, uh-huh. um, where like the X axis is like your abilities and the Y axis is like your so ability versus the challenge. Basically mm-hmm. it's the flow is where your ability is able to meet that challenge perfectly. Okay. So um, think of something that you love to do. What's something that you absolutely love to do and time just flies by when you're doing it. Oh, hiking easy. Hiking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good one. So like when I'm hiking too, I can tend to get into a flow. It's when you're able to just zone out completely, you kind of lose all sense of time and you forget, you know, everything kind of is able to zone out. Oh, you know what is the perfect example of flow is, um, have you seen soul? Oh, no. So, yeah. Soul, like mm-hmm. when they are in that little, <laughs> the, the spirit area. And, they and Soul is a movie. So, yeah. yeah. Soul is <laughs> a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Um, and it describes flow perfectly. It shows these people that are like in the zone and when they're in the zone, they're in flow, Mm -hmm. whatever it is they're doing that they're passionate about. 
they're experiencing that flow. So anyway, the point of that is to say when you when we're able to experience flow, I think that's another way that we can experience awe. When we're doing something that we're super passionate about, we're able to um, feel all those same feelings that we would be doing if we felt awe. Oh, so anyway, that's what I think what I do. So the things that I do to get into flow are like I love trail running and mountain biking and hiking and I love just gardening. Just doing those things that you're passionate about will, I think, give you little doses of awe. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. 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 Well, thank you, Charlene. Is there any takeaway point that you would like to share with our women about this and this thing that you're super passionate about? <laughs> I know I am super passionate. <laughs> I, I tend to like not take deep breaths when, when I'm like excited about something. So. <laughs> Sorry. If That's awesome. Like that. um, no, there is just one last study I wanted to bring up and yeah. it, it highlights the emotion of awe to me like so beautifully. Uh, so this study was a trail mix study um, and it was done in Switzerland. And so the study was they would take when these When you hikers. say a trail mix study, okay, what does I'll, that mean? I'll, I'll explain okay, it to okay. you. <laughs> so they took these hikers um, on this trail and they um, had, they the people basically they, the ones that finished the trail and they got to the peak or whatever it is they were trying to do that were able to experience something vast and something bigger than themselves. Um, and they had the opportunity to experience that emotion of awe. They came down from the mountain and then there were two options. You could have the trail mix that was already pre-made for you, or you could have the trail mix that you could make yourself. So you could get creative and make your own trail mix. So the researchers found that if you actually went to the top, experienced that emotion of awe, you were way more likely to make your own trail mix than to pick the one that was made for you. The people that didn't finish the hike just picked the pre-made trail mix. Interesting. So the like, just what that tells me is that awe leads us to be more open-minded and more creative, and it helps us find out more about ourselves. Yeah, and then more empowering too, I would say. Right. Like you were ready to make changes and try new things and because you accomplished that thing or had that feeling. Yeah, exactly. Like my favorite quote, I just wanted to mention my last, my favorite quote is, um, this is by John Muir, but it says, um, I only went out for a walk and finally concluded to stay out till sundown for going out. I found I was really going in. And so I feel like that encompasses awe. Like that's what awe is. So. Thank you. Oh, that is awesome. Thank you so much, Charlene. And that's it for today's adventure. And join us next time. And remember, women, a woman's place 